0: Hello. Hey. How's it going? Good. Yeah. Happy to be here. Welcome back. As always. Yes. My name is Catherine. And my name is Will. And this is Behind the Pixel, an open pixel podcast where we bridge the knowledge gap between those who buy creative content and those who make it. Nice. Yeah. I think I switched it up a little bit that time, but that's cool.
1: No, that's exactly what you're supposed to say.
0: Yeah. There. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have another really exciting episode for you all today. Yeah. Another interview that we've got going on. Yeah. uh, Which we love talking to people, so it
1: Hitting up all our clients <laughs> for favors. <laughs> Who are wonderful, yes. yes.
0: So, in this particular episode, if you are a producer of live action content for marketing and/or commercial work, then you'll definitely want to hear this one. Yeah. So, we sat down with Gabriel Muniz Alessio and Pedro Brem, executive producers and directors at Cave 76 Productions based out of Brooklyn, New York.
1: Brooklyn.
0: Okay. <laughs> They do some really great work with awesome clients like Pepsi and Mercedes-Benz and Vimeo and a, a ton more that we'll get into Lays, for sure. Naked Juice,
1: mm-hmm. MasterCard.
0: Yeah, yeah, just to name a few. Just to name a few. <laughs> so we've worked with them on many a project over the years, yeah. and we've really enjoyed their collaborative efforts and their humanity and yeah. everything that they provide. So we talked in this episode about... Uh, how, to,
1: how to be a better partner. Yeah. And, and their take you
0: know. on the medium of animation, especially coming from a, a majority live action production house.
1: Yeah. We work with yeah. a lot of producers that also do a bunch of live action work. And it's always interesting to find different kinds of collaborators and different partners, but the they... They, I think, exemplify great collaboration because they're, they're always just so on point about what they're looking for and what they want to do right from the jump. So yeah. they're really good about they're that.
0: Just, they're just awesome people. So yeah. we appreciate them. And so without further ado, why don't we dive in or perhaps spelunk into we this gotta episode? We got to spelunk into the cave. Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Got to be done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's do it. Yeah. Well, welcome back, and thank you for being here.
0: Yes, thank you for joining us. We're here as fans. We've We're here as with fans, absolutely, for
1: the viewers at home. <laughs> Very comfy, we by the way, the yeah. So, so I have to tell you, I wear this thing more than I thought I would. I wear it all the time. Yeah, it's like my go-to sweater now. Um, yeah, so, it's basically, nicely, so uh, well done.
2: It's basically uniform for us at this point as well. We're like, you know, villains in our... <laughs> henchman layer there's always like someone with a boiler <laughs> suit so it's logo hat right. perfect right, exactly. or you like got a everything
3: Steve Zissou. like we're working on like the shell toe you know with like a black stripe something I and mean, we'll figure it out <laughs> that's good you know i don't know if your guys parents are like this but whenever something that's been sitting around the house not i mean those are new but when something like is kind of just been there, like in the in the apartment for a long, long time, and then you know you you pop in and say, "Oh, I can use this for something," and then there's this look of like joy and surprise, like "Oh, you can you can use it," and you use the thing I sent you. Oh my god! So <laughs>
1: that's
3: what I feel when I see those. Like awesome, uh, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: The validation is always helpful.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so let's just kick it off. Tell us a little bit for our audience. They probably don't know you necessarily. But tell us a little bit about Cave 76 Productions and what it does for your clients.
3: We make videos and it's like intentionally kind of broad. We do everything. We started as mostly doing commercial and corporate stuff. We've done a little TV now. We just finished our first feature film.
1: Oh, congratulations. um, Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank Thank you.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't us, soups and us, but we did post on all of it and just delivered, just sold. So yeah, we got, we got a really cool, you know, opportunity. And then, um, yeah, so we, we have a staff about 10 now and we work with a lot of awesome, you know, partners and freelancers such as yourselves. And, you know, I mean, we just, we try to make just the best stuff possible, treat everything like a movie and paramount for us is just like working with awesome people and, having fun. So it's a lot of a lot of hours we clock like whether it's on set or in the you know edit suite, so to speak. So having cool people be at the proverbial or virtual water cooler is that's everything.
0: Yeah, I appreciate the vibe as well. Because it just it feels like sometimes when we're like, Oh, who are you? What do you do? Everyone's like, I've got my, you know, 30 second elevator pitch ready to go. And it feels really corporate and businessy. And like, I just appreciate the vibe of like, yeah, we make awesome stuff. And We we appreciate that a lot.
1: Go find us online.
3: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We are horrible at thirty second elevator pitches, especially like it's such a struggle. But you know, thank you, (laughs) ChatGPT. There it is. various like you know interviews we've done to say like okay this is you in four sentences um but yes that has right. always been an incredibly painful thing to
2: <laughs> derive that
3: pitch out of yeah that's cool. but it's all vibe it's all about vibe and love,
2: especially when everything is uh, changing you know and like the capabilities as we grow things change so what we were doing a year ago is not necessarily what we're doing this year and like as things grow and change it's hard to like you got to keep updating the elevator pitch and then you get to a point where you've done it so many times that you're like, yeah, we make videos and a lot of it for a (laughs) lot of purposes. Right. Yeah. That makes
0: makes perfect sense. So uh, Pedro, maybe I'll I'll start with you here. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about what you specifically do at cave?
2: Uh, Well, I'm an executive producer and I see projects through end to end. So you come in with a thought and then we, Formulate a plan for that thought, a budget for it, and then we we make your thing. That's it. My job is to ensure that these things get made. I have a, an eye for detail, so I check quality on a lot of things, make sure that we're all we're all good and healthy.
0: Yeah. Healthy is important. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Gabe?
3: Uh, so I have no eye for detail, hence this <laughs> this partnership. But yeah, a lot of a lot of. Specking out jobs, a lot of, you know, kind of, I guess you'd call it like the sales end of things like meeting new people, new clients, whether that be agency, or we do a lot of direct to client stuff or partnership with new directors or, you know, new creative folk we'd like to work with. And then also, yeah, looking at budgets, doing kind of the EP thing. But, you know, I I was talking with someone recently, like I've done more PAing since being this, Kind of business owner than i did when i was a pa and i did a lot of pa back mm-hmm. when i was a pa so um for yeah, it's like everything it's it's like some highfalutin like you know business vision stuff all the way to like oh no one's gonna be at the office to like fix the printer and we need to print you know 30 release forms i'm sure like running your guys own thing you are well acquainted with that like you fill in the cracks wherever there are cracks and then you try right. to develop little systems like that to try to help have not so many cracks but <laughs> inevitably you'll be there with your, with your finger in the side of the uh, the dam you know that
1: yeah, makes
0: perfect sense that totally yeah. makes sense yeah. yeah for sure do you find that at what point in the production pipeline this is really for our audience do both of your roles tend to intersect like where do you where do you both come into the process where do you where does one person say okay i step back and and go focus on something else like where where does that intersection so happen? So we
2: usually meet at the beginning of a project when we're scoping it out. Gabe has great business sense uh, and also execution sense as well. And I think like a lot more experience in terms of like physical production than I do. And I have a lot of post-production experience. And so we, we kind of meet in this, okay, the shoot's going to be like this, Gabe, can you help me out? You know, Do you, do you know crew in Arizona or Texas? And then I might be able to say, well, this edit looks like it's going to be probably a two to three week thing, or maybe we should employ this animator. So at the very beginning, I think that's where we interact the most. And then at like checking in for quality, Gabe's always like keeping an eye on things and making sure that the what we're putting out looks good. You know, so there's also that check-in mm-hmm. point halfway through. So at all times, basically, essentially is the answer. <laughs> yeah. 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 But like over the years,
3: like this was, it used to be, you know, Pedro and I met on a set of a of a commercial on a on a beach somewhere in Connecticut. So it was just us, you know, it was just us for like a couple of years. And uh, as the team has grown, you know, both the staff internally and then just like our the volume of work we've done and the amount of freelancers and everyone who we reach out with, there's a lot. I think there's more divide and conquer. But yeah, for the really looking at the the ask, the schedule, the and the scope is where we tend to like mind meld and say like, okay, where are like, respective like, uh, I don't know, I don't know if expertise is too like extravagant a word, but you know, where are, where our respective like concentrations gonna help like fill in the details. So we can make sure this budget and this like Gantt chart and calendar like reflect something we're comfortable with those two things, you know, bundled together in a proposal, right? That's our standing behind that is you're gonna get a thing, you're gonna make get a video that looks like this and it's gonna be awesome and you're gonna pay this much or you know, it'll cost us much money, whatever. Um mm-hmm. so so that's an important moment just to kind of like visualize. Together.
2: Align our promises, Different. you know, make sure that mm. I can't I'm not saying something that's crazy or that likewise. So it works out.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That happens a lot, I think, in the larger your team gets, the more those expectations have to be aligned mm-hmm. um across the board, across people. So Awesome. You guys are super humble about all your work because we're going to talk about this in the intro, but you guys have worked with some of the largest brands in the world, right? Like Pepsi, MasterCard, Vimeo, Naked Juice, all kinds of brands like across. So I just want to commend you on that work. That's mm-hmm. it's like a crazy roster of, of things. I'm sure you've learned a lot. And what we're trying to do with the podcast is basically teach other people what's in our minds. And so, what advice would you have for other large brands to improve their communication through the creative process? Because y- you guys are working with these guys all the time. So, yeah, what advice you're would you have? I'm used for
0: them? to seeing some like patterns across different brands in terms yeah. of the communication. We we use the term "too many cooks in the kitchen" quite often in certain situations. So, I'm curious, what sorts of yeah, what sorts of challenges have you dealt with there?
3: Well, I'll, I'll just say like one thing that I've noticed recently, which has been super encouraging is just, you know, I guess I guess like going back to that first question, what do we do? And I think like we make videos. Yes, is is the correct answer. Uh, I think aspirationally is like we tell stories, not every single video. we A lot of things we'll do is like a, as we call them, a sorry, I can't be there type video. Right. Um, but even in that there's a story, right. There's kind of a, you know, a, a revealing and, you know, whatever. It's not going to necessarily all be like a, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey thing. But, you know, (laughs) aspirationally it is on some level, right? So I think like, yeah, the more we work with individual brands or just, you know, the more we work with different agencies and brands, and I don't know if this is just kind of a recent fashion thing, but like we're talking a lot more about story with those people on the inside. So that would indicate to me that they're hiring for that and they're thinking about that and story and content delivered in story form is becoming more and more important. So that's been this huge, like, I don't know, greasing of the wheels or whatever you want to call it, of just like getting into like really productive, creative conversations when we're kind of thinking about things as, you know, the progression of these characters, if, you know, in in whatever format, if it's like more of a documentary thing or more of a 30 second commercial thing, whatever. But being able to talk in that way is it unlocks a whole lot of cool stuff. And I mean, yeah, advice to brands. I mean, what do I know, you know, but I feel like the the CMOs and the, you know, creative directors and heads of content and stuff like that, who we have a lot of conversations with, a lot of them, you know, are, are speaking this language of, of what's the story and how are we attaching it like a human level? A lot, I don't know, that may sound trite, but I feel like it is at the end of the day true. And you can tell when someone's really trying to zero in on that. So if they're hiring for that and doing that institutionally, like we, we've noticed, like, you know, comparing apples to apples, it's like, oh yeah, the, these guys who are talking about story are really, we're really coming up with some cool stuff collaboratively.
1: Can I ask a follow-up question about stories? How do you, do you have a specific process on like getting to a better story? Like if I'm a marketer, and I'm thinking about, okay, if I'm if I'm thinking about my own story, what kinds of elements should I be asking myself? It's
2: like, you got to ask the right questions. I think this is also part of the, like my answer to the first question as to like how to improve your communication. It's like, ask the right questions and, and have like a, from a, like an empathetic point of view. So first you kind of have to understand the ethos of a brand, how that brand is like positioned and what how they want to portray themselves. And then from there, you can then start asking questions about tone and feel and what are you trying to elicit with this piece? And then, okay, well, this story might fit that emotional response or like that kind of vibe that you're trying to build. So I, th- I think like picking the brains of your partners or your corporate partners or your business partners, whatever, and understanding like the core of the ask of what it is that they're trying to get out of this video, who what the audience is, all these things, like they help you sort of get a. A sense of what your story is going to be, and then from there, obviously, it's like chipping at it, you know, uh, making sure that your the language is aligned with branding language, all that kind of stuff. Like, obviously, sometimes they just want to tell a compelling emotional story, or not even emotional, just a funny story, or something that that has characters in it. Like, ask those questions, right? Like, don't be afraid of asking questions or like not knowing or or having a creative imaginative ideas up front that can be shut down, you know, because it's too much, like, it's important to have that honest, like, open, creative conversation with your clients.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure.
3: I totally agree with everything Pedro said. And like, and I think, you know, also, there are, you know, there there are a few different like frameworks that will tap from time to time, you know, like, Dan Harmon's story circle is a favorite or even just you know simple like you know what was what was the initial state of this group or this person what challenge did they face how did they overcome it and what's their kind of new normal afterwards mm-hmm. you know, all these different kind of diagrams that you find in like a you know Robert McKee book or whatever and i think we've been hesitant to like apply one to i know there are companies that say like this is our story Telling process and they're probably way more efficient than we are at doing certain <laughs> things. But I find, you know, depending on who you're talking to on either on the client side or on, you know, maybe with the new director, everyone kind of has their own way of digesting structure and mm. character and place. And it's useful to, you know, again, like I think, like Pedro said it earlier, like it's all about kind of like empathy and kind of getting that place where you're speaking the same language. And how do you interact in this like shared kind of verbal story space, whatever. So finding what the other person's framework is, maybe they just finished reading hero with a thousand faces. So you're going to have more of like a Joseph Campbell conversation. Maybe they just got done binging Rick and Morty. So you're going to have a a Dan Harmon story circle thing. (laughs) Or or maybe it's just, doesn't need to be that complicated or over-engineered. And it's just, what's the beginning, middle end? and What are some feelings about where that needs to be? And again, like, yeah, some people are really used to using certain, you know, I don't know, like, I, I did not go to film school, but film schooly terminology around this stuff, which, you know, is great. and then some people are like, Hey, this is what I, we just did a commercial the other day. And it's kind of like a testimonial with the, uh, with the founder. And he's mm-hmm. like, this is what I want to say. And we just kind of, you know, workshopped a little bit of it just on set and it came out, you know, really great, really authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just kind of, I feel like, I don't know, so much of life is kind of, yeah, mind melding or Mm -hmm. empathizing or just like connecting with the person on the other side of the exchange or in the middle of a, a bunch of points of view in a group and then moving forward with like a shared language and a shared perspective to some degree, you know? Um, yeah. Not to say that there can't be conflict. It's always good. We always aim for you know look look for that. Look for differing points of view. But how do you how do you go together as a group?
0: Right. Um, yeah, there's definitely something to the idea of finding that that common ground to be able to clearly speak a language. we've talked about it from the standpoint of like in creative work. Sometimes like a, a marketer, or a, a director will send us like an example video of something they've already seen that gives us reference mostly from a style perspective, but not necessarily from a story perspective. And so thinking about the different types of storytelling and how your version of storytelling matches ours is actually really interesting. So that that gives me a lot to think about. I think that's very cool. And it it ties a little bit into, and even to Pedro's point, like the the question around like your, your mind melding, you're bringing people in, uh, at what point in the process are you thinking that you need to utilize either vendors or partners or outside sources to help out on on some of these projects? And- how do you prepare for them coming into that creative project?
2: I mean, I think right away, you know, we know we know right away what our internal capabilities are and when we're going to need the cavalry, we need the air force and you know, artillery, we need everybody, bring them <laughs> everyone in. So we'll know we'll know mm-hmm. pretty much right away and we'll actually scope our jobs with like people in mind to, you know, oh, this would be perfect for them, this would be perfect for them. We also like do a lot of like experimentation where we like try to combine different groups, different mm. processes to, to arrive at the mm. uh, optimal result. So very early on, I guess, in the process. Yeah. I also like it's important to like be, or, like be organized with your thoughts before you approach someone. So like we will never come to you with mm. like a uh, half-assed, half-considered thing. We'll be like, hey, we have, we want to make something around this. We'll give you like the parameters for you to be creative. But I think that can only happen if we have stuff organized on our end. So that's kind of like a key. Like we might reach out to you soon, like early on in the the process and be like, hey, we have this thing lined up. Are you available for that? And then you might not hear from us for a week while we're lining up our ducks.
0: That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Just as a side note, we can completely attest to everything you're saying there to be like everything you've come to us with has been super clear, you know, exactly what you're looking for. It's like, we, we look at it and we're like, okay, no notes. We're good. <laughs> we know exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. So that, that always, uh, comes with a level of appreciation. Well, we come there.
2: from crewing and, and work in and editing and post-production. Like we've worn a lot of hats and we understand what it's like when your producer comes in with no concept to give you and you have to fend for yourself. <laughs> and we don't like doing that to our mm-hmm. collaborators. We like it when, like when we work with third parties, we want, we're doing that for a reason and we want to extract the best possible product out of that interaction. And the only way that that can happen is if we give you parameters and uh, fix guidelines and have you work within those boundaries, you know, uh, at least that's how I like to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, going
3: back to like the empathy thing and like, you know, I think I don't know, a big a big part of like our ethos from like getting started again. Like Pedro and I were in the lighting department. We mm-hmm. know what it is to work a fifteen hour day yeah. with someone chirping at you to <laughs> put it lightly right on the earpiece and not see your family and not and miss a whatever, you know. Um and you know, so like the idea of respecting someone else's time is like really Paramount, you know, and and as we continually like design and redesign our processes, like a lot of it has to do with that. Like, what's gonna, you know, is, is this gonna kill someone's like day, or am I just like giving someone a white page, a blank page to, you know, mull over, and not accounting for that in what they're being paid, or am I expecting the like the impossible, which like you know, totally guilty of plenty <laughs> of the time, but, you know, as far and like aspirationally, like yeah, it takes. Human effort, and it's you know so whatever whatever can set the other person up for success more. The other organization, Pedro is much better at it than I am. I uh, you're so nice. <laughs>
2: That's not true at all. I think I learned from Gabe. I mean, there's no you know there's no ah. putting it lightly. It was just like in you know I think where we do really well, especially is with the crew and people that work with us. Uh, they always. They have a hoodie you know they'll come out with like something and not only that it's like (laughs) if you show up and you take it seriously and you do well give it your best we're super flexible and it's good it's a nice feeling to trust your operators and and to know that everybody's like is doing it for the love you know uh also to get paid but but the benefit of the care and like that that's something that i think we have we got it right um, here.
0: We feel the same way about trying to make sure that like we're respecting our artist's time and and creative boundaries and things of that nature. And I'm curious how that then translates to your client in terms of communication, because especially being in I think you're primarily based out of the New York area, which we have heard tends to be this like more rapid pace, like everything's got to be done yesterday kind of mindset. So I'm curious how you navigate those, especially when you're dealing with larger brands, how you're navigating that relationship with time on projects?
3: Yeah, we've honestly like, I don't know if we've like cracked the code, but we've like invested like a lot of time and effort and money into designing processes and mechanisms that help set the expectations correctly. Not only just like, hey, these are the milestones and this is where we're expecting things, but what are the implications if they get blown and what's the protocol around communication around these things and not to say everything's like mechanized and this mm-hmm. impersonal experience obviously there's all sorts of human conversations that happen in between those things but yeah like you know we we one of our recent hires is Nick who's the head of operations and largely his job mm-hmm. is helping to maintain like up to date calendars and you know deliverable things and Change order trackers and all that stuff. And not only just like see it and be notified of it, because there's always that, there's always that thing in the back of an email that got sent or that note on frame IO that someone mm-hmm. missed or whatever. But just like, again, like going back to the empathy component, what's this person's experience, the, the client or a collaborator, or whatever, of uh, working with us? And what's so in, again, the electrical <laughs> department, right? Those cables are labeled red, <laughs> red black, white green. And these are experienced electricians who, yes, they could go track back to the box or the generator and see that, oh, yeah, this is 220, whatever. But no, you make it easy. You, you label things clearly. And you consider just the life that other people are leading, right? And they're they're seeing this on their phone, and maybe they want a central hub. And again, we're not there yet. Like, Pedro's done, done a lot of work, like, you know, building out like dashboards and stuff like that, and we're you know constantly just like iterating and improving and and taking feedback from like okay, like how'd this job go? Where could we have like improved communication? And this, I know you guys do a lot of that stuff too. Definitely. That yeah. that's how you know. And I think like and also yeah, like sticking up for your crew, you know, and saying hey, we got to stop now, or we're going to go into overtime and it's going to cost this much, and we're we need another. You know, this is more in the physical production world, but this is. We're going to need another person because it could be unsafe or take too long. And you know, I think like as we get bigger and bigger jobs, you know, we get into territory where we probably Pedro and I and some of the others who worked here only operated as you know like members of a crew and not running the show necessarily. So we experience new new things from a new perspective. Um, but you know, con- continually iterating, trying to get it right, and trying to yeah account for I don't know just like a a good experience for everyone, or yeah. a, a humane experience, really,
2: you know?
0: Yeah, yes. humane always sounds lovely. Yes it, does. <laughs> yes, it does.
2: I mean, on a less like positive note, it's also like the first line, organization is your first line of defense, really. So if things go really mm. wrong, mm. like, and yeah. they don't go wrong on our end, because we are used to doing stuff. <laughs> and we're used to insane circumstances. Well, things go wrong all right, the time right. on our clients. And, and it's kind of important. Obviously, we're super flexible, we make sure that we're forgiving and that if it's a human thing and but you know, like there are times where you'll tell someone, hey, like seven weeks have passed, like you tell them weekly that you needed a thing and they don't give it to you. And you can point to that calendar and say, Hey, look, like, unfortunately, there's gonna be an implication here. So that's where like organization really comes in. It it puts the entire team, like you can see it holistically, who's doing what, when, you can see what jobs are coming in. So are we, you know, how many freelancers should we get in this month or, you know, or animators, you know, like let's experiment. We have like four animation jobs. Like, can we take that on without help, right? We can't. So that's what gives us like the the day-to-day, month-to-month, big picture.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes there's sense. always something to having a paper trail. <laughs> yeah, gotta
3: have. <happen>. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I've, I've been like, you know, it doesn't happen every time, but I'm, I've been like, honestly, since we, you know, hired this head of ops and you know, started visualizing, it's probably like, I mean, it's, it's been a process from the get-go, which is like, I don't know, seven, eight years now, but really intently part of the process of developing specifically these systems for like the last year and a half, two years. I've been like surprised at how easy communication about hard things, like this is going to be a change order because this is beyond scope. And, you know, I think like, again, like coming from the rank and file, you know, it's, it's like, you're, Hey, I'm lucky to be doing this job. And it's, uh, we'll do anything to deliver it, which is, I think, you know, an instinct we can probably all like uh, recollect like having, right. But so what I'm trying to say is that I think, positively I've come to like expect a positive reaction from, or an, an okay accepting reaction to those kind of difficult conversations that previously early on in the formation of the business, you just have that sinking feeling like, oh man, like mm-hmm. either we're just going to take this hit or, you know, I don't know how to have this conversation, that kind of thing. You know, I just, just want to be Johnny on the spot. Just like, again, <laughs> back of the lighting kind of ethos, like I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a hero, mm-hmm, you know? Right. Mm-hmm
1: yeah I think our our business therapist would say like it's always worse in your mind mm-hmm. than what it actually is when you like say it out loud <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I think that uh, I, I yeah. think
0: clients are more trusting when you're upfront about situations yeah. and you're you're open to conversation and you're telling them like it is because then they understand exactly where you're coming from, they understand what to do for next time like there, there's so much there that has positive benefits to the thing that we as like sometimes as artists are very afraid to do yeah of being like oh i have to maybe tell the client no in some way or i have to like push back on this thing a little bit or like it feels like it we're wrestling with our own internal feeling of like dealing with kind of open conflict in a way but it's not actually conflict it's setting an expectation that is healthy and and important so yeah that's really awesome
3: Absolutely,
1: yeah. So you guys I think it was Pedro who mentioned animation. Mm-hmm. Obviously we're animation centric and I think you guys are live action centric. But some of the stories sort of require animation in in some way in your realm. And so I wanna get a sense from you all is like what kinds of stories in your mind usually require animation.
0: Right. Over live action. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Animation is extremely versatile, right? It's like extremely flexible. You have motion graphics, right? And then you also have like cell shaded, you know, like proper frame by frame animation, and so they serve different functions. Like one is to wow and dazzle with pretty colors and motion, so that maybe people don't mm-hmm. notice that you don't you're not you don't have that much to say. You're just trying to sell a thing or push this idea forward, you know. <laughs> uh, and then you mm-hmm, can have something mm-hmm. that's like a, a heartfelt story about a person with. A, some kind of narrative that will elicit an emotional response from someone. We did a cool Wikipedia piece about, you know, censorship on the internet and mm. we did a, a a training video for PepsiCo that was supposed to be done live action, but then because of the pandemic it turned into like an interactive like video game thing that we did animated. And I think it's like, obviously, each story has its its medium, you know, best medium, I think sometimes you can get Mm -hmm. more out of animation than you can from live action. I think you can really blow the doors open visually. And so the criteria is, do you have money for it? Can you afford the post production? uh, And and how much (laughs) of that can you afford you know like and so and then can you fit a cool narrative into what you can afford i think that's Mm -hmm. like the the answer there it's like can i have something that looks really cool but maybe it's not fully animated but it uses some clever like still frames that have really good concept art that, even though they're not fully animated They look really cool. Mm-hmm. That can be done, you know, as opposed to having to hire a location, a camera crew, a sound operator, DIT, you name it. You know, crafty. I'm just trying to name all the things I know. Right. <laughs> You're
0: doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I yeah. think there's there's that layer of like there's a layer of flexibility on both sides on both live action and animation, mm-hmm. and it's trying to like educate the client a little bit about the flexibilities within each of those that, that make it so unique and special for the particular story that you're trying to tell. So that's very cool. Yeah,
1: and I like what you're saying about different levels of like, complexity. Mm-hmm. I think that's Technical the
2: word Technical
1: complexity, yeah. complexity. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's different levels of complexity that, that obviously, you know, you're going to fit into one of those budgets depending on where you are mm-hmm. there. And so your levels of complexity have to match. Which doesn't necessarily
0: change its, like, impact or its level of power that it can provide. Like, that's, I think that's what's interesting about it is trying to show clients, like, how both animation and live action, regardless of the medium you're using, like, you can you can tell a really impactful story in so many different ways. Here's the best way for your budget. Right, right, right. right exactly. Yeah. yeah.
3: You know, I think Pedro and I talk a lot. It's like what what is this job that we call ourselves like EPs? Like what really is that? And th- obviously that has different connotations in like the commercial world and the mm. features world or And T V like, yeah. and T V world is totally different thing. But <laughs> just you know, in the context of let's say just commercials and corporate stuff, right? Synthesizing those inputs of like, what's the budget? What's the schedule? What's the story? How do these things kind of mix together? What is the director saying? Or what is what are the creative asks from the creative director or the client or whatever, and just kind of like trusting that internal, like unarticulated synthesis that is based on like experience and gut and things you've seen, or whatever, and kind of getting the shape of it right? Kind of saying like, okay, this like that, you know, I think a good example is do you guys remember this thing we did together? It was like, it was a COVID era, like a lot of zoom videos, but they really wanted like do something special. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. We did like a hand -hand nation thing from the different regions that and it wound up being like, getting total, you know, tips of the hat from everywhere, and people really loved it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it just kind of came from us shoot the shit. Could I I don't know if I can say that here, but yeah, you yeah, can you're say. Good. It.
1: Yeah, yeah. Can <laughs> swear? This podcast is not for children. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> they're not going to be interested in that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day.
3: <laughs> yeah, but like that, I don't know. I think like you know, there's all this, of course, this like big looming question in today's world, right? Of like, what are humans uniquely good at? Mm-hmm. Right, and we could find that maybe in a few months or weeks or whatever the chat gpt is also very good at this who knows but you know synthesizing of unique thoughts and you know based on experience based on i don't know our 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 human existence
2: but also like giving uh an F care, like care, yeah. like caring for your idea, having a care desire. E to... doesn't care. That's, that's the headline. <laughs> it doesn't care. It mm. doesn't care. At least not yet. Guess, you know, right. maybe, maybe we'll right. teach it. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's really interesting it.
1: though. Yeah. yeah. I think we need, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm taking what you're saying in, and I'm just thinking about, you talked about EP executive producer, not being the right term for what you're doing. And I, I, I like, I kind of agree with that. You have more than that. I think it's like this, like, The term that came to mind for me was like internal creative compass, Mm. right? Because you have to have all this like knowledge and skill, and it like it's gonna guide you to figuring out what it is that we have to create. And Mm. yeah, there's a different level of thinking there. I don't know. You're not just making something. There's there's more there. (laughs) Well, it's like ownership as well,
2: right? Like taking that Mm -hmm. thing and being like, okay, this might be the simplest little sizzle possible, but can I have fun with it? Can I add a track Mm -hmm. to it that will actually so that's where you kind of like can practice your skills in this, especially in like the corporate world where it can get a little mm-hmm. bit dry. Like in the beginning, that's kind of what we did for three years. It was just like corporate comms, you know, industrial yeah. videos, simple stuff. But, you know, how, so how do you keep your soul or like your your <laughs> yes. like love for the game inside of the environment? That's like to every little thing can be an experiment to, mm. to grow, even if it's the simplest thing. Okay, maybe I'm going to brush up on my after right. effects. Mm by using a titles template, right? Maybe I'm gonna brush up on my rhythm cutting or something, speed ramps, like whatever. Find a thing that is like, that you wanna learn a little more about and then try to apply that to your project. And and I guess that comes from ownership, right? Like having that desire, it's not just like a whatever, you know, that whatever vibe is is not.
0: Yeah, I feel you know. that. <laughs>
2: not to say that I haven't been guilty. <laughs> no, no, I understand, whatever, yeah. But,
0: um. Well, so I yeah. get really quickly, I guess in the, in the interest of time here as well, I wanted to jump ahead to ask we've talked about sort of our collaboration a little bit but we we know and we won't take it personally that you're working with other creative partners in your <laughs> in your realm cuz that's something that I think everyone does finding ways to like cross collaborate with lots of different creative teams which is a wonderful thing. So I'm curious in working with other creative partners what is it that you're looking for in terms of that relationship? What makes it a a strong partnership?
3: I have I have like one small idea, but that yeah. I, for for me, and it's, it's really vague. Pedro can probably elaborate on more specifics, <laughs> but I feel like it's, some, it's somewhere between just like a in, incredibly collaborative mindset, someone who can you know plug in, and again, I know you I've used the term, but mind meld kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then also like, and I don't know if this is like spectrum where the two poles are mutually exclusive. I don't I don't know if they are necessarily, but you want a perspective. You don't want pure compliance and you definitely don't want you know that kind of term like malicious compliance right okay whatever it is boom 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 do the bare minimum that satisfies that we don't get a lot of that you know of course but um yeah you you want a perspective you want to be challenged a little bit you know and i think that's like what we're you know as as we continue to like build our director's roster you know what are you looking for you're looking for perspective you're looking for that I don't know that, like je ne sais quoi that's like, <laughs> oh, this this person's gonna put in vote, but also like on specifics on, okay, what's your what's your idea here? And it's probably better than however we've conceived of this thing. You know, like in a, in a perfect world, when it comes to like commercial bidding and stuff, we have that input from a director and ideally like a treatment that explains this is this is the vision. And that's been workshopped. And there's kind of a healthy collaboration there. But also someone who's willing to look at that 40 foot techno crane shot and say, Oh, yeah, that could probably be you know, on sticks or, or whatever, uh, for the sake of the budget. But I guess it's the back and forth, again, just going back to kind of this idea of empathy and kind of seeing where each other's at seeing where you know there there are a bunch of truths on a given film set or animation project or whatever. But you know, getting the shape of the thing, what are the what are the non negotiables, whether it be budget, uh, schedule, location, whatever. And then how do we like as a group, like talk about this? So I, I think that kind of boils down like what I feel like has is usually the most successful things. You know, that kind of energy, that kind of like ownership of like, we're here to do this and get this awesome job done.
2: I mean, I think that's kind of, that kind of nails it, you know, self-starter, someone like people who understand, let's forget about a crew, right? That's just even from what, what are we looking for in partners and you know, what OpenPixel has done well. It's that, it's like, I don't want to have to explain to my operator every little detail about how to technically execute on a Mm -hmm. task, right? I want that person to, I want to describe a problem. And I want that person to give me five solutions to them or one that works really well or to discuss openly with me and say, Hey, I don't know exactly what you mean. Is it something like this, you know, to not be afraid, like a lot of like, techies and operators, they, they get a little like, protective or maybe insecure about not knowing mm-hmm. something. And I think that's kind of like, hey, we'll figure it out together. Let's talk about this thing. And like work out what's the best plan of approach. And then, you know, yeah, I think like having initiative, you know, is I think is what gave is what you're describing. And like ownership, right? Like instead of just being a a pair of hands, I had a mentor tell me that a long time ago. It's like, man, I I like you can say yes, sir, yes, sir, all you want, but like that's not what I need. I don't need just a pair of hands. I need someone who's like thinking about
0: it everything that you're talking about sounds like a reflection of like how you treat other people too how you expect them to treat you back and how both what i've been hearing throughout this podcast is like how you both complement each other in such a nice way that like i I don't know every time you guys were talking it just felt like you know how to blend and work off of each other in a way that's that's really productive and gives people the solutions that they're looking for so i i respect that a lot because i think there's something about just having a mutual place of understanding to then say okay let's ride like let's let's get it done and it's going to be great like that's yeah, a and wonderful that's, thing that's fantastic
1: advice for our creative listeners right like anytime they're looking to like all of what you just said is applicable to any freelancer out there who's looking for work who's looking to be part of a team who's looking to be part of an animation studio or yeah. whatever Like, that, that initiative that can I mind meld? Do I have a perspective? Do I bring that to the table every time? That's all really, really important, right? Um, you're not just a cog
0: yeah. in the machine. Yeah, you're like yeah, you're a human doing awesome, awesome work. Yeah. But
2: I'll, I'll, I'll put a cap. Oh please, I'm <laughs> put a, a little spicy because <laughs> uh, I'm the I'm the sassy one. I'm the sassy one of the group. Also know know what you are. You know, understand mm-hmm. what space you occupy in any given kind of production environment, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. you can rub people the wrong way by being overly vocal. Make sure, like, when you're communicating with your clients, like, like should you say that? Or maybe should I wait right, five minutes right. to cool off before ah, I say that? Totally right? Like, have that kind of, like, yeah. And also, like, you know, like, I think we've all done a little bit of post-production here to some extent. You know when you get, like, 40 notes and you're like, oh, God, oh, 40 <laughs> notes, you know. Just remember that that's part of the mm-hmm. gig that's yeah. that's literally why you're there is to, to go address those 40 notes and maybe you're going to learn a thing or two from them you know the humility to like accept that your vision what you had in mind is not necessarily what the client had in mind and they're paying the bill right so you got to also uh, uh, understand your position in the world i guess yeah no that's, yeah, that's sure. a healthy yeah, balance yeah,
0: yeah. for sure and I just want to say, in again, kind of in the interest of time yeah. here, I mean, this has been a really great conversation, and I, I would like to continue going for another four hours because I think <laughs> we could. But, yeah, so first off, thank you for yeah. being here. Thank, thank you for you taking so the time. Yeah. If somebody is looking to reach out to you, they're ready for their next video production project or perhaps <laughs> an animation, how should they reach out to you? How would you like people to get in touch?
3: Uh, you can go to our soon-to-be new website currently www.cave76.tv there's like a get in touch form or you know you can email info at cave76.tv and i think the only social platform we're truly like active on would be instagram i think we're at Mm. cave 76 productions
2: we're doing more on linkedin now so linkedin as well um we understand yep, that yeah.
0: mentality completely, though. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we're, yeah. we're active on LinkedIn and Instagram are too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So totally feel you there. We're
1: getting to Facebook. I don't know. Twitter, we, we like... just act. Twitter, altogether. we asked. As soon as Elon Musk took over. We were
0: like, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Now we're... It's like yeah. drinking from a fire hose. Right, is,
1: right. Uh, yeah, right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. It was such an honor having you on. Thank um, you. And yeah, we, we look forward to keeping in touch and just making awesome stuff together. Yeah. So thank you.
3: Absolutely, well thank you guys pleasure. so much for having us. It's always, always a pleasure to hear your voices, now see your faces, and yes, you yes. know, we love working. Yeah. So awesome. thanks so much.